giving thanks. The first words we're taught to say each morning, immediately on waking, are modere ani, I give thanks, which means we thank before we think. Note that the normal word order is inverted. We say modere ani, not ani modere, so that in Hebrew the thanks comes before the I. Judaism is gratitude with attitude. And this, according to recent scientific research, really is a life-enhancing idea. The source of the command to give thanks is to be found in this week's parasha. Among the sacrifices it itemizes is the korban todah, the thanksgiving offering. If he offers it as a thanksgiving offering, then along with the thanksgiving offering, he is to offer unleavened loaves mixed with oil, unleavened wafers spread with oil, and loaves of fine flour, well kneaded and mixed with oil. Though we have been without sacrifices for almost 2,000 years, a trace of that thanksgiving offering survives to this day in the form of the blessing Hagomel, Hagomel Chayovim Tovot, who bestows good things on the unworthy, which we say in synagogue at the time of the reading of the Torah, and it's said by somebody who has survived a hazardous situation, defined by the sages as somebody who survived a sea crossing, or travelled across a desert, or recovered from serious illness, or been released from captivity. For me, the almost universal instinct to give thanks is one of the signals of transcendence in the human condition. It isn't just the pilot we want to thank when we land safely after a hazardous flight, not just the surgeon when we survive an operation, not just the judge or politician when we're released from prison or captivity. It's as if some larger force was operative, as if the hand that moves the pieces on the human chessboard were thinking of us, as if heaven itself had reached down and come to our aid. Insurance companies sometimes describe natural catastrophes as acts of God, but human emotion tends to do just the opposite. God is in the good news, the miraculous deliverance, the escape from catastrophe. That instinct to offer thanks to a force, a presence, over and above natural circumstance and human intervention, is itself a signal of transcendence. Though it's not a proof of the existence of God, it is nonetheless an intimation of something deeply spiritual in the human heart. It tells us that we are not random concatenations of selfish genes blindly reproducing themselves. Our bodies may be products of nature, as the Torah says, dust you are, and to dust you will return. But there's something within us that reaches out to someone beyond us, the soul of the universe, the divine you to whom we offer our thanks. That is what was once expressed in the Thanksgiving offering and still is today in the Hagomel prayer. Not until the early 1990s did a major piece of medical research reveal the dramatic physical effects of thanksgiving. It became known as the Nun Study. Some 700 American nuns, all members 
of the School Sisters of Notre Dame in the United States agreed to allow their records to be accessed by a research team investigating the process of ageing and Alzheimer's disease. At the start of the study, the participants were aged between 75 and 102. What gave this study its unusual longitudinal scope is that in 1930, the nuns, who were then just in their 20s, had been asked by the Mother Superior to write a brief autobiographical account of their life and of their reasons for entering the convent. These documents were analysed by the researchers using a specially devised coding system to register, among other things, positive and negative emotions. By annually assessing the nun's current state of health, the researchers were able to test whether their emotional state in 1930 had an effect on their health some 60 years later. And because they'd all lived a very similar lifestyle during these six decades, they formed an ideal group for testing hypotheses about the relationship between emotional attitudes and health. The results, published in 2001, were startling. The more positive emotions like contentment, gratitude, happiness, love and hope, the more those those were expressed by their nun by the nuns in their autobiographical notes, the more likely they were to be alive and well 60 years later. The difference was as much as seven years in life expectancy. So remarkable was this finding that it has led since then to a whole new field of gratitude research as well as a deepening understanding of the impact of emotions on physical health. Since the publication of the Nun study and the flurry of further research it inspired, we now know of the multiple effects of developing an attitude of gratitude. It improves physical health and immunity against disease. Grateful people are more likely to take regular exercise and go for regular medical checkups. Thankfulness reduces toxic emotions like resentment, frustration and regret, and it makes depression less likely. It helps people avoid overreacting to negative experiences by seeking revenge. It even tends to make people sleep better. It enhances self-respect making it less likely that you will envy others for their achievements or success. Grateful people tend to have better relationships. Just saying thank you enhances friendships and elicits better performance from employees. And it's also a major factor in strengthening resilience. One study of Vietnam War veterans found that those with higher levels of gratitude suffered lower incidence of post-traumatic stress disorder. Remembering the many things we have to be thankful for helps us survive painful experiences from losing a job to bereavement. Jewish prayer is an ongoing seminar 
in gratitude. Birkot HaSharcha, the dawn blessing said at the start of morning prayers every day, are a litany of thanksgiving for life itself, the human body, the physical world, land to stand on, eyes to see with. Gratitude also lies behind a fascinating feature of the Amidah. When the reader of prayer repeats the Amidah aloud, we are silent other than for the responses of Kedushah and saying Amen after each blessing. But there's one exception. When the leader says the words Modim Anachnulach, we give thanks to you, the whole congregation says a parallel passage known as Modim de Rabbanan. For every other blessing of the Amidah, it's sufficient to assent to the words of the leader by saying Amen. The one expression is Modim, we give thanks, and Rabbi Eliyahu Spira in his work Eliyahu Rabbah explains that when it comes to saying thank you, we cannot delegate this away to someone else to do it on our behalf. Thanks has to come directly from us. Hence the transformative idea. Giving thanks is beneficial to the body and the soul. It contributes to both happiness and health. It is also a self-fulfilling attitude. The more we celebrate the good, the more good we discover that is worthy of celebration. Now, this is neither easy nor natural. We're genetically predisposed to pay more attention to the bad than the good. For sound biological reasons, we are hyper-alert to potential threats and dangers. So it takes focused attention to become aware of how much we have to be thankful for. And that, in different ways, is the logic of prayer, of making blessings, of Shabbat, and many other elements of Jewish life. And it's even embedded in our collective name. The word moder, I give thanks, comes from the same root as Yehudi, which means Jew. We acquired this name from Jacob's fourth son, named by his mother Leah, who said, This time I will thank God. And that's our name. Jewishness is thankfulness. Not the most obvious definition of Jewish identity, but by far the most life-enhancing. Shabbat Shalom.